On this episode of Geek 4, I'm joined by podcaster extraordinaire Adam Graham. Adam hosts the Old Time Radio Detective uh, podcast and a, a slew of other podcasts. He has been doing this for 12 years. He's a he's a, a long-term podcaster, somebody I've been following for many years. I love old-time radio. We talk about how he got into old-time radio. We talk about some of his favorite detective shows, how he's been able to do this for so long, and about his recent step out into making podcasting his full-time occupation, which really intrigued me. Uh, I've never really tried to make money at doing this and don't know if that's even possible for me but it was a really good conversation many of you will have noticed that i have not been um publishing weekly or even bi-weekly has been a challenge the last little while um so i'm going to take a short hiatus uh, i really love doing this i have a lot of fun it's but it's fitting it into my my regular uh job and my life and sometimes life gets a little crazy so I'm going to take a short hiatus. I'll probably be back in the fall. Uh, that's the plan. I have a number of people who have reached out who have offered to be guests on upcoming podcasts, but I want to make sure that when I do those, I can, um, I can, I can get them out in a timely fashion. If you want to support Geek4, if you like what I'm doing and, and want to support, you can go to michaelwboyce.com slash geek4 and buy me a coffee. Um, I could definitely use some new equipment. And there are obviously expenses that come with running something like this. So, otherwise, thanks for listening and enjoy the conversation. This is Geek Four, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? Adam Graham, welcome to Geek Four. Thank you so much for being here. I'm uh, so glad uh, that you. Uh, so glad to be here. Now, you are, I think it is safe to say, a prolific podcaster. How long have you been podcasting? Uh, I've been podcasting, uh, uh, in terms of old-time radio, um, going back to 2007. Uh, wow. So 16 years in March. I think uh, I, I did do some stuff that may have predated it. Um, I, I don't really keep some like some of the you know non old time radio stuff, but uh, old time radio it's been sixteen years, uh, so covered a lot of ground. I think last time I counted more than um, more than five thousand episodes, you know, combined everything. So wow, so old time radio is is the podcasting genre that you're best known for um what comes first the, the the love of old time radio i'm assuming comes first and then this love to share it is that right yeah it was it was it was kind of a it, it was an odd process i kind of backed into it in a way because i was aware of old time radio when i was a kid but if you go back into the 80s and 90s old time radio was not this uh, thing that was easily available or easy to get into. Uh, it, it was sold on tapes, which were generally pretty pricey. It was sold. It was played on the radio, but it was often late at night uh, when you know good kids are in bed, and so uh, 
we, we didn't get a whole lot of it. I got a little bit of exposure. I remember my dad bought us eight tapes uh, set of like different old time radio comedians. And we listened to those. And we were, I was homeschooled growing up. And there was a family that listened to old time radio. And they actually performed a scene from Fibber McGee and Molly. And there was this uh, 14 year old uh, kid. Uh, and he was the best great Gildersleeve. You know, he did the whole great Gildersleeve laugh. He concocted his own take on the laugh. So I was aware of it, and I was aware of other forms of audio drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was pretty much um, unavailable. Um, and then I really uh, i I'd been into Dragnet. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, watched the shows in color and, you know, watched it on TV land. And then uh, I was, you know, going to Walmart one day and I saw, you know, in the like dollar DVD band Dragnet and it had Harry Morgan and Jack Webb in color on the cover. But when you put it, got it home and played it, it was actually the black and white TV episodes from the 1950s. Okay. So I became aware. Okay, so Dragnet was a show in the 50s. And so I started getting and seeking out and watching all the 1950s programs. And then they put season one of Dragnet on DVD, you know, really expensive DVD and not all that great collection. But on one of these, they included a disc with a radio episode of Dragnet. And I listened Ooh. to that, and I became, oh, there's was a Dragnet radio program. Yeah. And I just started searching the internet, and I found um, uh, on eBay that somebody, they were selling like a, I think it was DVD, DVD-R of 300 episodes of Dragnet. And so I brought this disc of really poorly encoded Dragnet episodes, and I started listening to them. And I'd been into podcasting in other formats, and it occurred to me, well, you know, I could go ahead and do a podcast where I played episodes of Dragnet uh, and just do that on a weekly basis. So I went ahead and I started doing that in March of 2007, not really knowing what I was doing and playing really bad uh, encoded, like, I think they were 20 KBPS uh, encodes. Oh, that's, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's slow. <laughs> which, uh, you know, and, and that had happened just because old time radio had started to emerge on the internet you know people mm-hmm. uh you know and this was back you know in the days of dial up and things like that yeah. so you had to have the files as small as possible mm-hmm. and so you know these circulate in these really bad shape for free and someone said well got all these files for free what's the best thing we can do try and make money off them exactly <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so they did capitalism and to the rescue so, <laughs> yes <laughs> And so that and so that's how I got started. And uh, we did Dragnet uh, starting in 2007. And then um, I, I was working on some superhero books and I found out there was a Superman program. So we did the old time radio Superman show starting in 2008. 
and uh, uh, went through every single complete you know, set complete or semi-complete serial of Superman. There mm-hmm. were some serials, you know, we were missing an episode or two, but, you know, it's like 15-part story, so you can kind of, you know, fill in the gaps, plus they always re- recap. Um, and then we got into the big one in 2009 with the great detectives of old-time radio. Which is always on my podcatcher. Um, I, I love that. So you... Now, uh, with Great Detectives, you are releasing an episode a day, basically. Um, How how do you decide what shows you're going to do? Have you ever pulled a show because it was terrible? Because I'll tell you, there are some awful old-time radio shows. Uh, There are some absolutely wonderful ones that I've listened to the whole Johnny Dollar, um, and we'll do it again happily. But Mr. Chameleon, I don't think I will ever listen to again. Well, I, I I make the choice on the very strong standard. If yep. I if I have some affection for the show, I will play it. If I detest it, I will not play it. And there are some <laughs> shows that uh, you know, because the thing is that I've I've got to listen to every single one of them. Yes, you know, you might say, you know, why don't you play, say, Danger Doctor Danfield? Because mm-hmm. and I could do that, and you can listen to it after a week and say, you know, I don't think that's very good, so mm-hmm. I'll just stop listening. Yeah. But because of my way, I I offer <laughs> I operate on strict stubbornness. If I start a series, I'm going to finish it. Oh, uh, so you know, you can complain about it, and I'll just say, okay, well, we've got five other shows uh, listened on the other day uh, because. You know, it's it's that kind of contract. We are going to go from the first episode uh, mm-hmm. available to the last. So if I decide we're going to do a show, you know, we're going to do it. There are things that um, I, I have decided against. Some things I I've kind of softened a bit, uh, like Vance, the uh, current version with Jackson Beck was a series that I was like, no, I'm not going to play it. This is just stupid. But I, I think I kind of lightened up a little bit. And, you know, Philo Vance is just one of those series, you know, where it's bad, but in a really entertaining way. Um, if if you but, like the organ, it's... <laughs> well, it's not just the, you know, I, yeah. I think the organ <laughs> is fine. They're, yeah. they're bigger series with organ themes. But, oh, yeah. You know, you've got the, you know, district attorney Markham, and I've developed the Philo Vance universe theory, which is is, uh, in the Philo Vance universe, Philo Vance is smart and everyone else is just a complete idiot. Yes, yes, that's very fair. That's very fair. Because you look at the cases and how they play out, particularly the district attorney. And, you know, not to comment any real life, Figures will just leave that out. But, you know, you wonder, like, how did this guy, you know, pass the bar? Um, <laughs> Apparently, it's not you know, that hard if we just go on, on well, contemporary things. And, but... and, and, the, and, the, and the thing is, Markham, who's the district attorney, and in a real life setting, is going to, you know, essentially take the case once it's been solved is kind of under the impression that he's the chief of police. Yes. And so he yeah. is micromanaging 
every single investigation uh, that Vance is on. Every I, single I mean, one. <laughs> and, and the character, you know, the other characters are over the top, you know, but the, I think that the actors are all good. So oh, yeah. it's this ridiculous material, but they are so committed to it mm-hmm. that, you know, it's it's still an entertaining show. Yeah. Uh, but there are some things that, no, it's just like, no, this is just, you know, and it's a very small amount of things. It's not mm-hmm. like, um, it's not like I've got a ton of stuff. Like I won't do Danger Dr. Danfield. Um, I also won't, when we get to Mr. and Mrs. North, uh, I won't do the later episodes with uh, Barbara Britton, mm-hmm. not because she's bad, uh, but because the scripts are just horrible and wow. you know there's just no rescuing them i find it so interesting like like a show like yours true johnny dollar which goes for years and a number of different actors all of whom are really good in the role like i think people have their favorites obviously but the writing is consistently good i mean there's you know bad episodes every once in a while it is interesting to me like there are other shows that just can't maintain that that consistency and quality um and they're not they're not anywhere near as prolific as dragnet or like which has you said over 300 episodes yeah over 300 um with a lot of those being written by jim moser and, and there there are differences um there are differences in quality and you know some are just written for you know a different sort of audience um you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons and Mr. Chameleon are written for one type of audience and Dragnet and Philip Marlowe are written for another. And I think that, you know, people who worked on those series knew what was expected of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're looking at a series that lasted a good length of time, they, they would turn it out. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of your personal favorite old time radio detective shows? Um, Having done this for as long as you have, I'm sure you've discovered new things that you didn't know about that you absolutely fell in love with. Um, I really, you know, probably my favorite is uh, the adventures of Philip Marlowe. Um, That was not as prolific as like, you know, Dragnet or uh, something like Nick Carter. But it did really, you know, uh, it had such a high quality uh, with Gerald Moore. It's just, you know, they always had great characters, you know, really, really solid uh, writing throughout. And Moore managed just to get so much into that character in terms of toughness uh, with, you know, uh, emotion and also... uh, working in the nice little bits of comic relief. Uh, so to me, that is, that's probably the best one. Yeah. Uh, also, of course, Dragnet uh-huh. is, is still a series. I've got, it's got a very special uh, place in my heart. I love uh, not be with uh, Frank Lovejoy. Is this, it's a, it's a very human series, and it mm-hmm. kind of surprises you with some of the directions it goes, mm-hmm. uh, with the sort of newspaper man's perspective. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I always get surprised by it, and 
William Conrad guest stars in it, and he just acts the heck out of so many different parts. Because he's awesome. Yeah, William Conrad, he got, you know, he was a big guy with a deep voice, which meant that he got cast as a lot of heavies, a lot of non you know, essentially his role might as well have been police sergeant number two um, in (laughs) so many programs. Yes. But he really had some depth and breadth to what he could bring to a role. And in terms of radio programs, you know, I've not not gotten much into Gunsmoke, you know, where he, you know, really uh, carved out a, a part, part for him. But in terms of supporting roles, on Nightbeat, he played so many different roles. You know, he could play a villain, but he could also play these uh, really sympathetic characters and just find all of this variety. I remember on... Uh, one episode where, um, uh, which was, it was centered around jukebox operators of Nightbeat. And his character to that point, I thought was just, I did not like him all that much. But then he just had this moment where he just absolutely breaks your heart uh, with, you know, sincerity. Uh, so Nightbeat, Box 13 with Alan Ladd. That's a good show. Yeah, and because of this, it's got a different feel to it because he's not a professional detective, doesn't need a fee, Mm -hmm. and essentially this whole device of send me, you know, send a letter to Box 13, uh, Care of the Star Times, and so he's acting on people sending letters uh, rather than being hired. And he gets all these crazy eccentric cases, uh, you know, great talent throughout. And uh, a favorite I think gets overlooked a lot is Let George Do It, mm. which is the series that Bob Bailey was in prior to yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Uh, and it started out as kind of a bad a sitcom that became a mediocre sitcom <laughs> centered around detectives in 1946. But once you get into the 1947, 48 episodes through 52, the mysteries are solid. There's a variety of different uh, uh, different tones that I think they really managed to hit. And I, and I kind of, you know, it's kind of in between like the hard-boiled detective and like the pure braininess. Uh, and in many ways, it's a, a, you know, it's a preview of what he would do on Johnny Dollar. But it's also just a great show in its own right for the sort of standalone detective uh, story that managed just to evolve over time. And so that one is, you know, that one is one of my favorite listens. And it's actually what uh, the series that really got me back into detective stories outside of Dragnet, uh, because I heard it on an internet radio station. And the way the person who was doing the radio station would play episodes is they'd say, Okay, this is July 18th. We'll play an episode from July 18th. And oh, okay. then next week, you know, this is an episode from July 24th. And it'd be like an entirely different year. And I'd be mm. like, yeah, it'd be great to hear these, you know, in order. And that 
uh, kind of spurred the idea that led me to great detectives. Now, you said in order. Um, I know from some of your introductions, every once in a while, somebody unearths a new couple of episodes of something and or a better version comes out. Or, I mean, um, I really like the um, the rehearsal recordings because they have rehearsal recordings, um, which is hilarious. They, they don't usually have the music and, you know, some of the sound effects aren't great. Talk to me about like more recently as new things are kind of being discovered, like are, do you think there might be more episodes that have been considered lost that will see the light of day some at some point? I think that there is uh, there's certainly a possibility. And I remain hopeful. It, it does tend to be a situation where, um, you, you know, things come forward and it may not be necessarily the thing that... that uh, you would prefer. Yes. You know, my big thing, I've said already how much I loathe Danger Dr. Danfield. Every single episode of that stupid series is out. Of course. There. Of course. And in fact, can't get rid of it. In fact, someone's like, we found an improved version, improved version of the audio for Danger Dr. <laughs> Danfield. And with a really great show like The Fat Man, we're sitting there, you know, just barely able to listen to the crackle yes, of this. Yes, you know, we, we, have, we have awful Australian recordings. Um, or there's a whole, I mean, how many Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce, Sherlock Holmes episodes are lost? I know there's a, a Rat of Sumatra, a giant Rat of Sumatra episode out there that has not seen the light of day yeah I, I i think that there there's going to be some it's just really unpredictable as to you know what will come into circulation uh i've seen a lot of the a lot of pro programs that uh i i've seen emerging tend to be things like music um mm -hmm. And then there's just, you know, random, you know, random interesting things that come out. Um, so I, I I tend to be optimistic we're going to get some things, you know, to come through. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you just can't pick what has survived. And sometimes you're just, you know, yeah. really surprised by what has, uh, sur what's survived and what's not. You know, we're doing, for example, Dangerous Assignment, which was... Uh, you know, put on transcription disc by, on, uh, by NBC and sent all over the country. And we have barely any episodes at all from or the entirety of 1952 uh, when that was being sent out. But then you have things like uh, we do, uh, I hate to break this to you, we do have more episodes of Mr. Chameleon coming. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. His name is Mr. Chameleon and he's a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean it's so interesting to me like that episode when, when when you started playing that episode i was like what like what is the premise of this show i don't like was he did he become a chameleon because his name is chameleon? Yes, like it's just yeah. it's a weird premise well, it, but then you have but then you have like pat novak for hire which is like the the hard hardest boiled of hard boiled like that jack webb's voice on that is unbelievable when he's saying those just 
like dark, dark, dark lines. Um, like you get you get such a juxtaposition of styles and it's such this beautiful storytelling playground. Yeah, and I really I do like that. I tend to have pretty broad taste. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, and I always try to balance the schedule out. So, you know, you'll have yeah. Pilo Vance and, you know, but then mm-hmm. you'll have uh, Johnny Dollar, you know, and other times we've had... Um, We've had Sherlock Holmes, but then we've had Pat Novak for hire. And, you know, that way you get as, you know, wide a breadth of mystery fans as you can, because, you know, and some people have just told me, you know, I don't listen to that. Well, that's fine. Uh, you know, you've got other things uh, to listen to. Yeah. The ones I don't listen to typically are like shorter run things. Um, although there are some short run things that I, w- I wish there were more episodes of Candy Madsen. I I think that's a smart show, and I wish there was more of it. Yeah, I I do too. It, it's one of those series where uh, I was so disappointed. I found like an old time radio resource that listed like five extra episodes, but they all just turned out to be duplicates. And so I was like, oh no, uh, ah. under different yeah, names under or different something? names. Oh. Uh, that one's a tough one because it was just West Coast syndication, particularly around San Francisco. So there were not as many, um, uh, you know, as many transcriptions uh, as, as, you know, was the case with other series. But, you know, you, you it's one of those you never know things. Plus, you know, if, if people are interested enough in Candy Matson, uh, they have... Uh, one of the old time radio collections. They used to be at the Thousand Oaks Library. I think they moved them over to UCLA. But you can go and read like uh, they've got eighty scripts for Candy Matson mm. um, that you can actually many. sit that you know go somewhere you know take a couple days go and sit and read through the entire series. I got some time on my hands. I'm looking for vacation schedule. Why not? That sounds like a great idea. I know like they've also released uh, the, the scripts of some of the Basil Rathbone, uh, Nigel Bruce, Sherlock Holmes episodes that aren't available. You can read the script and I don't know, do a Basil Rathbone voice in your head while you're reading it, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I've got the, the, we just finished the Howard Duff, Sam Spade uh, on Monday when this is being recorded and I've got the I've got the script book um, which contains a bunch of scripts I think all but one is not in circulation so you know that okay. will be that'll you know that'll be interesting to read sometimes you know things like scripts are the only way you can enjoy them uh, the you know the lost episodes although there are cases of uh, there are groups that will actually go and they will perform the lost episodes. Um, oh. And that actually happened with uh, one of the Dragnet episodes, uh, The Big Cop. Uh, and that, that was aired on WBAI. Uh, and they, they did a really good job recreating that. It's, it's, you know, it's never quite the same thing. But, you know, you you take what you can get to... Uh, really be able to experience as much as you can, you know, if uh, you can't access every episode of a show. Mm. It it just, it strikes me as so interesting that this, this 
style of storytelling, which was almost forgotten about completely, has had this new resurgence in an, in a modern era where we just put in headphones, put on headphones and listen to things. There are these completely beautiful audio dramas where you can listen to a great story with great actors. They set the scene. It's so interesting how they do it. I mean, I know that there are, you know, um, contemporary audio dramas being done. I know Big Finish in the UK does Doctor Who and and all the other uh, uh, Blake Seven, stuff like that. But that there are these archive stories of detectives and cowboys and superheroes that people can just enjoy now. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and it really is just the the capabilities that we have just to uh, transfer uh, data because you know like i said when i was a kid it's, it's just a situation where you know you you've got a lot of extra money to buy old-time radio sets retail um or you know you stay up late at night and really when it comes to what we have we owe a lot of debt to the collectors who you know in uh 50s 60s uh, 70s who acquired uh you know programs you know like a radio station was clearing out uh, old material you know they'd go and buy it and things you know would end up in uh, yard sales a lot of this stuff was just not even meant uh to survive uh yeah uh to uh because it was just intended to be played once uh, in fact, there there was a clip online where, you know, in the 90s when they were closing military bases, um, the military, because of their agreements, if they had these discs, they had all of these old transcription discs, they were bound by their contracts to destroy all the discs and not to resell them. So they actually, oh. you know, they were like shooting them up with, um m1s uh which you know they had to do it because that was their contract and um but it was heartbreaking to watch and someone was like oh no what could have been on those discs oh well and a lot of the stuff like um it's it's been a while since i've heard the the u.s army intro but like a lot of the stuff was broadcast overseas for the u.s army troops um so i know that some of that stuff survived and that's one of the ways that we have access to this stuff um but oh that's tragic yes yeah tragic that that stuff died oh uh, thank you so much for talking do you have uh, time for some quick uh, fast forwards sure all right Adam Graham, if you were all powerful and could either A, magically create more episodes that don't exist, or B, discover lost episodes that do exist, what old time radio show would you want to hear more of? Um, good question. I think that if you know I was all powerful and it was just one program, I would say uh the fat man. There are a lot of series with individual episodes out there that I would love. But I think the fat man, it was so culturally iconic. Uh, anyone mm -hmm. who grew up, you know, and, you know, we don't have many around, but I've had tell people 
tell me verbatim the intro to that program that they yep. heard uh, 70, 80 you know, years ago. It left that type of impression on people. And what we have is great. And I, I think that's probably one of the biggest uh, tragedies overall. So if I could like restore like 90% of the fat man, that would be what I would go with. That is a good that is a good choice. What was the first thing a young Adam Graham was a fan of? I th- um, I, I would say Winnie the Pooh. Until I was four, we lived up in uh, the Yak area of Montana, which very rural area. We had a satellite dish, um, could get the Disney Channel, and we watched the um, Winnie the Pooh series with the live action uh people in costumes which i think might freak some people out but that was the first thing that like yeah. my my parents wanted to go into town it's like I, can we wait till after winnie the pooh is off the, off the i need to fuel my nightmares for later yes mascots are an acquired taste but i appreciate that um what is the geekiest thing you own and you can define geeky however you choose i, I would say the uh, 1950s Dragnet board game. Oh. What do you do in the 1950s Dragnet board game? How do you play this? Essentially, uh, you, uh, you, you have a piece that is a police car, and you go around the mm-hmm. board, uh, and you collect clues and different pieces, and the first person who is back with all of the pieces required to make an arrest, and I'm I'm a little rusty on the exact game details, actually wins the game. Uh, so okay. you go around the board, collect this... clues, and go back, and uh, and first one back wins. So this is not something the Graham family plays every weekend. No, no. I think I've gotten my wife to play okay. two or three times. Oh, the things we do for love. After podcasting for almost 20 years, what is the one thing that has surprised or delighted you the most? Um, you know, I'm I think the biggest thing is what a big uh, you know, what what a big difference that the program makes. Uh, you know, some of the comments you get just really do touch you and uh in terms of what you're bringing people in terms of joy, in terms of relief from, you know, some very difficult circumstances in life. And that was not something that I imagined would, you know, come about from uh, doing an old time radio podcast. I, I, I can appreciate that. And I can say um, last year was one of the darkest years of my life. And Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes kind of got me through it. In fact, uh, now that you're back playing it and like the the theme song of the Johnny Dollar kind of like triggers like a little emotion in me now that I'm doing much, much better. So uh, thank you for journeying with me through that. Um, uh, It is very much appreciated. How can people support you? Where can they find you on social media? You are now podcasting as a job. It is your full-time occupation. Uh, You've taken this huge leap of faith. How can people support you? Uh, Well, if you're, you know, well, you can first of all sample, you know, what we've got great detectives of old time radio. We are on um, 
you know, we're on all the podcasts, we're on uh, podcasting software, we're on YouTube. Uh, you can go to our website, greatdetectives.net. Uh, we also have the old time radio Superman show, uh, which you can find mm -hmm. otrsuperman.com. Uh, if you want to subscribe, mm -hmm. we've got 1,039 episodes there. Oh, that many? Yeah, that many. People, people don't appreciate the wealth of entertainment that is in these old time radio shows. Like yeah. it's unbelievable. Oh yeah. And with, with Superman, you're seeing a bunch of things. Um, like first, Jimmy Olsen came from the radio. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Superman, Batman, first time team up on the radio before they ever did in the comic books. And much, much better than the Zack Snyder movie. Sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, Amazing World of Radio, uh, amazing.greatdetectives.net. And we may have a mm -hmm. couple other projects coming. Um, stay tuned for that. And if you know you and of course we have our world war ii podcast the war of uh, the war.greatdetectives.net and so if you mm -hmm. it, and follow us on twitter radio detectives facebook.com uh slash radio detectives uh and if you want to support the program uh support.greatdetectives.net has our has options there and we've got our patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net and I actually great. was on another interview. Guy said, "How do you memorize that?" It's like I, I've said this like several thousand times now. So. Well, you were one person. Like I always give the notes. Like you know, and I'm going to ask you for your social media handle. I figure you were good. Uh, other people, it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as easily as it did for you. So congratulations, and that's great that like you have you have supporters and stuff. I I know other people who have made a living at a podcast. I've yet to have somebody buy me a coffee, but that's okay. Um, but you know, it's, it's wonderful. And the, 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 you, you often shout out your, your subscribers and your listeners and your supporters. And I think that's wonderful. People have been supporting you for years. That's great. Um, and it just, I wish you all the best, man. That's, it's a huge leap of faith. And I, I think you, you got it. You, you're going to do this. You're going to do this well. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for.